Hey everyone, this is Gabby and Karim, and you're listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health. Tune in each week to hear us talk about the journey of getting into med school. From GAMSAT to medical interviews, get the insider scoop from med students who have done it all before. So So stay stay tuned tuned and get ready to get med ready. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Making of an Incredible MD. This is Karim and Gabby and we are very excited to have you back. Uh, Today we'll be talking about uh, portfolios, you know, special statements for application into medicine, uh, really just describing what they are and and how to write a really good uh, application essentially and as well as some other tests that some universities require. Uh, for entry into medicine. Before we get started, I'd like to do an acknowledgement of country. So I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners uh, of the land on which we are recording this podcast today. So Gabby and I are on Yorta Yorta land. I'd like to acknowledge the elders past, present and emerging, as well as any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander listeners of this podcast today. Thank you for that intro, Karim. No worries, happy to do it. <laughs> um, so once again, just a disclaimer before we start the episode, make sure to check all the information that we're giving. Uh, we're just giving a general overview of everything. Um, just make sure to keep up to date with all the websites and the special rules that these universities have. Um, yeah, everything is usually laid out pretty nicely on their websites, or sometimes not so nicely, but it's usually mm. there somewhere that you can find. Mm. And a bit of background, we've already done an episode outlining uh, the application process more generally, so make sure you check that one out. Um, But some universities require a few more special things on top of just your regular application. Um, A lot of unis just want, you know, your GAMSAT, GPA, that's it. Um, But some unis want a little bit more. So, for example, the University of Wollongong wants a portfolio, and they also do a special test called the CASPER test. Now, Karim and I both... Did this? Mm. Do you remember doing it, Karen? I do remember doing the Casper test. It was really weird. Mm. It was sort of like a situational judgment test. Yeah. Which um, some universities also like to do. So, for example, Monash University, uh, they had a situational judgment test, which is like a written multiple choice test. Whereas the Casper test was like a like a video. Mm. When we did it, anyway. Yeah. yeah, I think it still is relatively similar. Um, from what I remember, it was just a hurdle. You didn't get a mark associated with um, with it or anything like that. Yeah, it was you just, just had a hurdle. To, you just had to pass, really, essentially. Yeah. You had to convince them that you are able to make decisions in a sound way. Yeah. <laughs> so it would be like this video which would show some sort of, um, uh, you know, interaction between people, maybe a patient and a doctor or maybe just, like, people on the street, um, and then it would – ask you how to respond and there would like a couple of options and you'd write that or you'd have to write in the box how you would respond um and write it out yourself Mm. so um yeah but look it up online there was a lot of information about that um on the university of wollongong's website as well um and how it contributes to your applications um but the portfolio is probably the big thing that scares students i would say um both Karim and i um did a portfolio for the university of wollongong i spent a lot a lot a lot of time online um i was a 
uh, not overly stressed about it, but um, more just stressed about the word count. Mm. Um, but we'll get to that later. Um, also, the University of Notre Dame, they require um, a portfolio and personal statement, I believe, both of those things, if they haven't changed. Um, and Flinders University um, requires a sort of like a personal statement or a letter of consideration if you're applying for their some of their special pathways. So not all the time, but for example, I applied for the rural pathway for Flinders um, and that was one of the requirements needed. So um, what does these special requirements like a portfolio involve, Corinne? <laughs> so yeah, we'll talk, we'll focus mostly on the portfolio during this episode because I think that's what people get most stressed about. I certainly was very stressed about it. Mm. Um, I thought mine was really inferior compared to some of the other um, people in my cohort who were applying. Um, and I spent very little time on it. To be honest, I, I just really wanted to get over and done with and I was stressed with other uni assignments at the time. So I just wanted to go over and done with. I don't think I wrote too much and I, I kind of probably didn't do the best job possible, um, which I do not recommend to do. I think mm -hmm. you should put a lot of effort into writing your portfolio and making sure it's as good as possible. Um, but yeah, I think Gabby had a bit more experience in terms of writing portfolios and uh, she's tutored students on it since, um, giving some advice. Rather, yeah, just gave informal yeah. advice. <laughs> no formal tutoring. Please yeah. don't reach out. <laughs> But uh, in terms of, like, what does it involve? Um, mm. So from Gabby and I's experience, we did our portfolio through the GEMSAS website. Mm. It asked about really specific things. Like, for example, you know, when was a time in your life when you had to deal with, you know, teamwork or professionalism? Provide an example of that, you know, give a reference. I remember I had to reach out to one of my old high school teachers to give a reference, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. just letting him know that, he might be contacted for yeah. reference. But sometimes it didn't even ask those things. It would just say the word like teamwork or professionalism. Mm. Um, I think that's the way it is at the University of Wollongong. From my memory, it would just say a vague topic or a vague um, sort of attribute that they were looking for. And then you had a certain number of characters. If I remember correctly, it was very few characters, mm. like 150 or something that like that. very short. So I think the hardest part about doing a portfolio is – being able to effectively convey your experiences and your attributes with such a small word limit, um, such a small character count, really. Um, so you really need to have effective communication. You need to demonstrate the example effectively so the person reading it knows what the example is about. But then you also need to reflect on it to show that you are reflective and you can learn from these experiences and demonstrate to the marker how you've reflected on this experience and how you're going to take this attribute into medicine oh. because essentially that's what they're looking for that you have these attributes and that you're going to take them into your practice as a medical student and as a future medical professional yeah it really reminds me of the interviews the mini uh interviews where you know you only have five minutes to discuss quite a few questions with your examiner and you have to be really specific with the way you structure things and that's where I think structure is really important in portfolios because if you don't have a good structure, um, you'll just ramble on and it'll be, you, you run out of word count really quickly. Yeah. So what structure, I mean, there's one specific structure I'm thinking of, which is star. Mm. Uh, 
you might have heard of it before, so STAR stands for uh, Situation, Task, Action and Reflection. Mm. And it's a very simple but highly effective way of uh, reflecting on uh, a situation that's happened to you before in the, ta- in the past related to whatever topic it is asking about. So if it's related to teamwork, you'd come up with an example in relation to teamwork and you can use the STAR method to talk through it. Yeah, and we've done, we've spoken about this before, um, specifically when talking about interviews. Yep. The STAR um, structure is quite good, but when it comes to portfolios, you don't really have room to do the full STAR. So you can just sort of combine ST, I think, um, to talk about the situation and the task together, um, and then your action um, that you did in that situation, and then your reflection on it and learning from it. And I believe that the key is the reflection. You really need to demonstrate your reflective thinking post this situation to the marker um, and your learnings from it for future practice. It's really important. So I highly recommend um, focusing on that and ensuring that you get enough people to read your portfolio. Give it to your mum, give it to your dad, give it to your friends, family, um, give it to your peers to have a read and ask them if they've, like, completely understood what the situation was and your reflection and your learning and get their feedback on it. You know, I probably had 10 to 15 people read my portfolio. Um, I was obsessed with sending it to people and asking them for feedback. Um, And I think that that honestly just helped me a lot because some people would read and be like, I have no idea what you're talking about in this situation. Um, So it was good feedback to change that Uh, because sometimes you can be too succinct in your explanations, I would say. Um, but a little bit different to that is these letters or personal statements. Um, they tend to be a little bit more free rather than portfolios being quite structured. Um, the university definitely tailors your responses and is looking for particular things. Whereas the personal statement is sort of, you're given freedom to write what you would like in it. Um, so it can be a little bit more challenging because you need to be able to sneak in examples of your achievements and attributes, which would make you a good candidate um, for a medical student at this university, as well as, you know, talking about your dreams and reasons for wanting to study medicine, specifically at that university, but also doing so in like a casual, not too forced manner. So it can be quite hard. Um My sneaky tips for this are always try to include specifics about the university. For example, where the university is, its location, its course structure, clubs and societies there that you would like to get involved in and how you see your career being influenced by the university itself, not just medicine, but the university. For example, you can look up the university's values. Um, They often have it listed specifically for the uh, medical school at the university and try to sneak those values in and relate them to your own values. Um, obviously don't lie. I think that goes without saying, um, but you can tie in the specifics of the university into your response. Yeah. And I think that's really useful in general in terms of whether it's the personal statement or the portfolio, knowing what the university cares about is, um, a really good way of ensuring that your responses align with the university's values which essentially means the examiner you're going to be a good fit in this university. Mm. Um, I mean, people do this for job applications. People do this for all sorts of things. Whenever they try to apply to something, they want the uh, person that they're writing to, the person that they're speaking with, to feel like they are going to be a good fit. Um, and so they, they want them to feel like they're making a good decision by 
choosing them essentially. Mm. Um, and especially with uh, the portfolio, just make sure that you understand what it is they are looking for when they're asking about those questions and try to answer your um, the specific things in relation to that. Mm, mm. Uh, for example, leadership. If they're looking for leadership, you need to give it an explicit example of leadership. Um, not teamwork, different, <laughs> similar, but different. Um, so, yeah. Any other examples of that? Um, I don't can't think of any, but, yeah, I think that's probably the most important part of the portfolio. The portfolios are not necessarily hard to fill out. It's just more about thinking of relevant examples from your professional career. Mm, mm. And the other problem is that, like, they are very aware that you might have only just done an undergraduate and that's it and you haven't really done much else that's outside of your professional career and that's okay. There's yeah. nothing else wrong with that. Mm. Um, but you need to then be really explicit with how you've developed in your undergrad degree, essentially. So yeah. you've, got, you've got things to talk about. Um, and it doesn't matter what the thing is. It's more about the reflection that you gain from the experience, really. Mm. That's a really good point, actually. Like, I know I felt a bit inferior when um, sort of reflecting on my own experiences. Felt like I hadn't really done anything, that I was just a little baby. Um, and I was. Uh, but... When you really take the time to think, you have done other things. You know, I included examples from my job as a waitress, from my job in retail, things that aren't really directly linked to medicine, mm. aren't, you know, um, overly impressive compared to some of the things my friends had done. But it, they were sound examples, I would say, and relevant. Um, so, yeah, don't discount examples that you might not think are directly linked to medicine. They don't have to be. And final reminder, just stay up to date with the university's requirements. Um, dates, cuts, yep. That's probably the most important bit. Uh, taking time to write your portfolio, it might take quite a few weeks. I know it took me a little while at least um, to finish writing it. And I know it took Gabby probably a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to perfect it, which is um, was a bit toxic, to be honest. So as well, don't um, don't fret over it too much. Like it, it's easy for me to say now in retrospect, but at the time, yeah, I was quite stressed about it. But just look for help from people, get feedback on it um, and advice from as many people as you can. And I think that's it, really. Just make sure to take it easy, take your time with it, uh, try not to get too stressed, you know, keep up to date with everything else um, and just make sure to get your applications in before the due date. <laughs> Probably the last thing to emphasize. <laughs> Number one advice, yeah. Good luck, everyone, with applications. Um, I think we've covered everything we sort of need to at this point. You've just got to work through the application processes. Um, and our next episodes on, you know, the getting into med sphere will be all about the interview processes. So we really focus on this on our podcast. We've had heaps of episodes in the past about, um, you know, mock MMIs. So we'll do that again, as well as a couple extra episodes where we um, will talk about different things related to the interviews. So keep an eye out for those in the coming months. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health. Please like, share, and subscribe to help spread the word about our podcast. And we'd love to hear your feedback. So send us an email or message on Facebook. All of our links are in the show notes. Thanks. We'll see you next time.